fear the talking queers. Now that we're all here, the party can begin. Welcome to the Evening News, joining you from smoking hot California. I'm Frankie. And I'm Jake. And you're listening to Fear the Talking Queers. Yes. Oh my gosh, welcome <laughs> to the show. Yeah, The crowd goes wild. Yay. Well, I was trying to introduce this episode, like the nightly news, because we are going to talk about some horror news. Yay, not nudes. Um, those come later. <laughs> no, we're reviewing horror nudes. First up, Bruce yeah, Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Um, all right, so what news do you have for us? What is new on the horror scene, y'all? Okay, listen, by the time this episode comes out, this may not be news. But we got some casting news from the Netflix series Wednesday, which is being done by Tim Burton. Yes. And we already discussed on a previous episode, what was it, Cursed, that Jenna Ortega was, in fact, playing Wednesday Adams in this series. Much to my surprise. I was like, I, I thought this was fan casting by Frankie. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, duh, Jenna Ortega. And, he, yeah. and I was like, but like, what about reality? And he was like, no, she's playing the part. I was like, oh. So everybody was in high anticipation to learn who would be playing Gomez and Morticia. And we got some updates. So first we got <laughs> Luis Guzman as Gomez Adams. I hmm, Yeah, it's it's a choice. It's a choice. I mean, okay, it's a choice. However, it's obviously more of casting based on what the original like comics Gomez looks like because if you see pictures of that yeah he's like he's not the charming handsome dashing gentleman that Raul Julia was in the 92 93 or you know the 90s movies yeah and so I I don't know I I I, maybe I just have been bewitched by that by like this like charming gorgeous Gomez that I don't know casting Luis Guzman is like oh meh I'm sure he'll do a great job and I think that his performance will be elevated even further because come to find out the very next day, Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to be Miss Morticia Adams. Okay, but this is a piece of what, what casting. This is fucking fire. This is the choice. I mean... Didn't even cross my mind at first, to be honest. Like, I, she didn't have, she never popped in my head because, you know, she's been on a... You know, I feel like she's been on a little bit of hiatus, you know? We Correct. haven't hide nor hair from her since she had that little cameo in uh, Feud, Ryan Murphy's show about <laughs> Betty oh, Davis yes. and Joan Crawford. Yes. Um, but I feel like that's the last thing I've heard that Catherine has done in a while. So she wasn't on my radar. Yes. And you know Tim Burton couldn't have an all Latinx cast. He had to just throw some white girl in there that could... That can maybe pass for Latina. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen Zorro? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I watched, like, my dad loves Zorro. So we put it on. I was like, damn, this casting, y'all. 
is whack. Like, I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones is stunningly beautiful, but she's like literally a Welsh woman playing a, a Mexican A spicy woman. Mexican woman, yeah. A spicy Mexican lady. And then we have Anthony, <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins playing, a, you know, an, an older Mexican gentleman in full brown face. And I was like, girl, ooh, garbage. girl, this does not hold up. What? The movie is very swashbuckling and fun, though. What would you think about swashbuckling? Um, it's perfect. Um, and what would you? <laughs> what would you say if Antonio Banderas had been cast as Gomez? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, hell yeah, I'm down. Right? Okay. You so, know who my number one choice was though? Who? Transfer him over from the animated film. Get Oscar Isaac in there. I think he is so oh, yes. gorgeous. Yes. Oh, you like is. that would that would have been a brilliant choice. I think. It would have been a brilliant choice, but you know what? I think that having the beautiful, stunning, and talented Catherine Zeta-Jones playing opposite to Luis Guzman's talents <laughs> and right. um, you know less than handsome uh, face, uh, I think that no, that will be a nice mean? comic book <laughs> dynamic. Are we? It, or are we telling the truth? Okay, true, true, true. No, okay, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be more comic. And you know what? Honestly, I think they're both just going to be, like, really minimally involved. I don't think they're going to be huge parts of the series. For sure supporting. Like, if you read the description of this film, it's literally like, we're going to take the entire concept of Sabrina, and we're going to give it to Wednesday. So... It's going to be about school and mystery. She's and- psychic. Yeah. I'm like, when was Wednesday a psychic? But maybe she's psychic in the comic books. I don't know. Who the hell knows? This Who sounds cares? like some young adult bullshit that they're adding to this character. I'm not going to hold my breath. Next up, we are talking about the brand new Netflix series, Brand New Cherry Flavor. Yes, that is a mouthful. I know. That is a mouthful, but I love the title. And uh, when I saw the trailer, I was very intrigued. Apparently, this is based on a novel of a book by the same name. And this eight-episode arc that's currently on Netflix is only the first 40 pages of like a 344-page book. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I, 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 I did see in the opening credits, because I did watch a good portion of the first episode before I <laughs> fell asleep. Um, you know Jake, always watching half of everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing. Like... I also have to I'm also at the will of what Joey wants to watch and I can't force him to watch all these things so I have to like find my moments where he's busy where I can try to sneak in something that he's not gonna go ugh put on Real Housewives of Potomac instead oh <laughs> you know what enough about your abusive relationship <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think Okay, well, at first I was very intrigued. I like the tone. I like the atmosphere. It's very consistent. Yeah. The performances are great. Catherine Keener is up in there. Basically oh, yeah, she's playing an, crazy. an elevated version of who she was in Get Out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or a witchy version, rather. Um, but the more we find out about these characters, the more bizarre it just gets. And I feel that I know there's a good group of people that are going to love the bizarre of it all. But I, at one point, she was getting fisted through a hole in her stomach. What the fuck is going on in here on this day? And she was orgasming. Oh my gay, what? And it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. 
So I was like, I don't know. I mean, not to sound conservative, but I was just like, this is just too far out. Like, th- but there, but there's definitely an audience for this. Is do you find it to be more artsy? Because I don't think I got into. I didn't got, get to anything specifically weird. I think I got to the part where Catherine Keener showed up for the first time at that party, and she looked fucking scary. She did that that shot of her when like the crowd is partying, and she's like standing there in this kind of weird hunched position with these sunglasses on. And she yes. has this, like, creepy smile. I was like, ooh, it was, like, kind of unsettling. <laughs> so. it, it's unsettling. The whole thing is unsettling. It definitely yeah. does its job. I just don't know how wonderful this story ends. It's just I'm, I'm really curious to, like, kind of keep going with it. I just want to see how absurd it can get. Moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about Horror Noir's new Shutter anthology series. <laughs> Oh my god. It's called The Last Call. Ooh, I don't know anything about this, so enlighten me. So we all know and love the documentary Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror. I do believe that they are making part two of that documentary, which is very exciting. Um, And they are also doing a Shudder anthology series. It's all black stories told by black storytellers. So it is very exciting. They've cast Rachel True as a lead role in one of the episodes. That's not surprising, as she was one of the interviewees in uh, Horror Noir. Yeah, so that makes sense. Exactly. Good for her. She said, I'm booked, honey. I know. She's going to be playing a documentary filmmaker that's focusing on a cult mass suicide. And as she begins to interview survivors of the cult, suddenly they all start getting killed off one by one. Ooh, Ooh. that sounds good. I love culty shit. Love it. I know. This episode is going to be called The Fugue State. So there are six episodes Mm. of the series. And again, black horror created by black writers and directors. Some of the titles of these are very intriguing. Um, One of them is Bride Before You. Okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, The Lake. Sundown. Brand of Evil. And the most intriguing of them. I can't wait to see this one. There's one called Daddy. Ooh, come on, daddy. Yeah. The cast will also include Sean Patrick Thomas, who we all know and love from Halloween Resurrection. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like, Cruel Intentions. And you're like, (laughs) oh, yes, Cruel Intentions. Uh, Horror royalty, Keith David. And, of course, Candyman himself, Tony Todd. Be my victim. Okay, yes, this is going to be awesome. I know, I can't wait. I need to get my shutter... um, subscription back i thought they would be sponsoring us by now so i had canceled it (laughs) um (laughs) you can have mine Uh, speaking of horror anthologies let's talk about a bad one have you kept up with american horror stories oh yeah the best one to me was that movie one i thought that was rather interesting that was a yeah that was good i like that one i it's weird it's like some of the episodes like this one that came out with like billy lord where she plays like this pregnant woman who's like having a moment yeah. and then this new this newest one with um cody fern and aaron Tveit about like that that had a really interesting concept too but honestly when they end it's like wait why did we sit here and watch this for 45 minutes for i mean i get it it's like an anthology yeah. so it's like episode to episode but i don't know i'm always like maybe that's just how 
we consume things nowadays like like episodic things are like jarring we're like wait there has to be 10 hours of this story bad or good i need to see what's i need to see all of it yeah like where's the resolution yeah seriously like that one with in the woods was like it just felt like the ending was just so abrupt oh, i i don't know i i just like that's how the seasons are too of american horror story yeah exactly so honestly we don't need <laughs> we don't need it but uh I want I it. When Everyone's like, oh my it. God, what is the next, the new season about? What is it about? And I'm like, who cares? It's going to be like, it's going to be shit. Double feature looks good. At least the first, the first half. I like that Lily Rabe is back. <sighs> yeah. No, That's she's exciting. everything. Macaulay Culkin back from the dead. <laughs> and, and Miss Angelica Ross. We do love her. Oh, I love Miss Angelica. Yes. She was literally the best actress on Pose. And when they killed her off, I was like, um, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, are we going to watch Justice now? for Candy Ferocity. So speaking of rising from the dead, um, now that Danny McBride, Jason Bloom, and David Gordon Green are done with the Halloween series, guess what they're giving another three treatment movie continuation to? Ooh, I, mm, I know you told me earlier and I already forgot. Oh, wait. No, I remember. It's uh, The Exorcist. Dimi, why you do this to me? Yes, The Exorcist. And by the way, we did our first October episode vote. We're doing episode votes for our October episodes every Monday on our stories on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Take a breath. (laughs) And The the Exorcist won. The new Exorcist trilogy. Um, It's going to be directed by David Gordon Green. Jason Bloom is producing. And Danny McBride, Scott Teams are teaming up on the project. <laughs> um, Ellen Burstein's going to be back reprising her role. I don't know if they're going a Laurie Strode route with oh her. Oh my god, I, yeah, exactly. But they better leave Miss Ellen alone. I think the only question that really matters is Linda Blair going to be in it. No, so far there are no reports uh, of Linda Blair hell no. being anywhere near this project. I would love for them to bring back uh, Linda Blair, but as Reagan still, but just old, and she's been like living in a shack, just like Laurie Strode, <laughs> but just with a green face. And <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I figured out a way to shoot these demons. Yes, <laughs> yes. So the first film is going to be released in theaters October thirteenth, two thousand twenty-three, but it will also be streaming on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> What? I'm not kidding. I guess this is the new way. I and mean, we're now planning for movies it's coming out in 2023 way. that they will be coming out in your house at the same time. This is just the new normal. All of you need to make sure you get Peacock a subscription by 2023 so you can watch uh, Miss Ellen Bernstein reprise her role <laughs> in the, the new Exorcist trilogy. The Exorcist, The Exorcist Kills, and The Exorcist <laughs> Ends. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that's pretty good for the news correct yes this has been a great night goodbye and we're back all right so (laughs) (laughs) now it's the 11 o'clock news yes exactly where we are bringing you a full special on the teenage werewolf movie ginger snaps yes uh, wait question question how would you pronounce this ginger snaps or ginger snaps um i think the emphasis is on the snaps like ginger snaps like a yeah that's the yeah that's the the joke right yeah 
Totally. Ginger snaps. Yeah. Like right. She's going crazy. There's like ginger snaps, the thing you eat, and then ginger snaps because she goes crazy, kind of. This movie is one of the most successful and critically acclaimed werewolf movies of like modern times. Yeah, it, it is really decent. Is the werewolf design the best? No, we'll get into it. But no, like this movie is for a low budget Canadian film. I think this movie oh. just murders it. Murders. Just tears it apart. Just eats it alive. Rip her to shreds. All right, so um, b- let's get into all the metaphors and the you know play on words and, and the similes uh, and the hypotheses and the similes and the yeah the hyperboles and the, all that. Um, Onomatopoeia. So let's just get in. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's start. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Lay off the crack pipe. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's just get right into Ginger Snaps. Let's. Let's get out of here. Ginger! Ginger! Oh, is it me? <laughs> yes, I was like, bitch. <laughs> okay. Ginger Snaps, released in 2000, written by Karen Walton and John Fawcett, directed by John Fawcett. Farrah. John Fawcett? Oh my god, yeah. A descendant of Farrah. <laughs> In the small suburban neighborhood of Bailey Downs, a mother finds her dog's mutilated body strung across the lawn. A few houses down, death-obsessed teenage sisters Ginger and Bridget Fitzgerald, played by Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins, casually contemplate the way in which they will commit suicide as their final act of rebellion. Ginger is adamant about honoring their suicide pact they made when they were eight. We are then shown an opening montage of the sisters creating staged deaths for a school project that is shown in their classroom. Their teacher and the school's guidance counselor, Mr. Wayne, played by Peter Kelligan, demands to see them after class. <laughs> Kelligan's Island, sorry. <laughs> Mr. Wayne demands to see them after class. Later, they smoke cigarettes and play search and destroy on the school's game field, dissing people they dislike and imagining how they may die. Trina Sinclair, played by Danielle Hampton, her friend overhears Bridget describing Trina's character and death and tells Trina, the Diamond Princess. (laughs) (laughs) Trina, that name. (laughs) That's all I can think about. The sisters notice this and Ginger tells Bridget she will cover her in the game. However, as Ginger is distracted, Trina pushes Bridget into the remains of a dog, a victim of the Beast of Bailey Downs, a wild animal which has been killing pet dogs. Together, Bridget and Ginger decide to kidnap Trina's dog that night and imply that the Beast of Bailey Downs killed it. These poor dogs, they're just getting murdered left and right. I know, uh, they're just knocking off bitches left and right. Oh my god. I do like this um, element of comedy as the, <laughs> like, I don't know, it just, there's, it's, uh, they're talking about suicide, which is completely morbid, but at the same time, yeah. 
like the way in which these characters are written and played by Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins, um, I'm like, this is hilarious, but it shouldn't be. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely like dark humor. Like you have to go into this movie. I mean, not go into this movie, but this movie does a good job of starting us off with like the dark humor right away. So we know what we are prepared for in the rest of this journey, you know? So they start off with these two girls talking about something really dark. Like, I mean, suicide, killing themselves. These are like high school girls, Um, you know, but they're, they have like really fun banter about it. Almost sort of like, like a Heather's or something, you know, like they have their own sort of language. Um, it's, it's not as extreme as that, but I mean, they just have a way of making really dark subject matter sound just t- sort of casual. Very casual. You know, like, mm, you know, I'm just like, what is my death going to be? Like, <laughs> what is, you should definitely do this. Like, as if they were like giving each other, like, I don't know, tips on globes or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hairstyles. Establishing this sort of cynicism, too, is started from the very beginning when this woman finds her dead dog. And she runs outside into the front yard screaming, the beast caught my dog. And everyone just goes on about their business. Like, they're like, okay, yeah. like, whatever. I think we have this opening montage of their school project where they've killed themselves in various scenarios throughout the town. Oh and my God. It's, 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 it's so funny. funny that the theme of the project was life and Bailey Downs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're all death is what it means to us. We also get this establishing shot of their room, which I feel is really reflective of these girls' personalities. Like, it's girly. Like, it has the purple beads hanging from the ceiling and all that. Yeah. And some pink frilly stuff there, here and there. But mostly, it looks like a prison. (laughs) It does. Right? I mean, they're sort of... Yeah, I mean, they kind of are have imprisoned themselves. It seems like these girls are so, like antisocial that all they have yeah. is each other and they stay in their room even later on um there's a really funny line between uh the parents uh you know pamela played by Mimi rogers and mm-hmm. then the dad I, whatever whoever he is there she's like she yells at them she's like we're going to counseling tonight so don't go out and he's all they never go out <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah, they I, don't leave. So they, yeah, so it makes sense. They've sort of created this little prison for themselves. Prison. Well, also they make several comments about being a woman that makes them sound like they're prisoners to their bodies. Oh my god, they hate it. They they do not want to be. Uh, yeah, their their bodies are their prisons. They do not want to be on this earth anymore, um, or they fantasize about not being on this earth anymore. And then they also tr- actively try to fight just the natural occurrence of life you know yeah this movie is a huge metaphor obviously and we'll get into it about um you know puberty and you the, know the menstruation curse. and things like that yes but yeah <laughs> they refer to it as the curse um, so yeah these girls yeah definitely are prisoners also in their own body yeah this pe scene too is very reminiscent of another movie this reminds me of a lot is carrie Oh, yeah, exactly. Except for the girl playing the mean girl. It might be one of the worst actresses I've ever seen. Oh, she is terrible. Miss- she, what producer's uh, daughter is like, <laughs> who in the hell let this girl speak words on screen for people to watch? Because it is 
it's, but it was like, it's so hilarious because it's so bad. But I just don't find her intimidating at all. So absolutely not. Just, and neither did Ginger. No. <laughs> yeah, I literally Ginger's like, I'm gonna beat this bitch's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I do like that. That it is very reminiscent to um, Carrie, and then Jennifer's body is very reminiscent to Ginger. Snaps. Oh yeah. So like together, they're just sort of like this generation of stories being told, and they all deal with the same root, which is being a metaphor for puberty. Yeah. Ooh, that's a yeah. That's a good like sort of uh, coming of age, like a female coming of age uh, trilogy. Carrie to Ginger Snaps to to Jennifer's body, and they all sort of deal with different things. You know, like one's a demonic possession, werewolves, and then like I guess like telekinesis or something like that. Yeah. So that's that's I didn't I didn't even think about Carrie, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Even when um, I think it might be in the next scene, but. When they talk about the girls getting, like, their late menstruation, like, they should have been started their oh, periods. Yeah. And um, so that, <laughs> to me, is also very Carrie. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of period talk. And the, da- sure. the dad's like, we're eating. And so it, there's just, like, oh, this my. stigma that these girls feel about right. having the ability to have a p- period. Yeah, I mean, this movie is definitely satirical, so that's obviously a like poking fun at you know men's disgust over the you know the natural things that happen to women's bodies yeah um it's so funny like when i talk to you know my my friends who you know menstruate or whatever um (laughs) i (laughs) i get mixed reactions it's either people are like yeah it's you know it's natural it's beautiful it's whatever and then there's other girls are like no it's fucking gross like, yeah, they're like it fucking you know, so, Right, so there's kind of a spectrum of, you know, uh, uh, interpretations of it here. And I think that we get that with their parents. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have Mimi Rogers, Pamela. She's, she's like, obs- she's obsessed with the idea. She loves it. She finds it this beautiful, natural experience. And then the dad's all, ew. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Have you ever seen that video of the, stim- the cramp stimulator where it like can tell you exactly what a period cramp feels like just by putting the patch on yeah and they I do think it I've seen to... more of the I, I think i've seen more of the pregnancy or like the giving birth ones i've seen oh those. god yeah twice as terrifying and um yeah like they put it on like men and they're like Ugh! and then they, <laughs> they're they like on the knees on their back like they've been tasered and then they do it Literally. to like a group of women and they're all like oh Oh, okay. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I got it. Oh my God. Yeah. Men. Yeah. Are we put on a? We put on a fucking hard front. Yeah. <laughs> Me and you specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Ill. Have you been watching Cooking with Paris anymore? Yes, I've watched <laughs> the so whole good. thing. I love when she when she just go. Ill. No. Like, <laughs> when she was pulling that spleen or whatever out of that turkey oh, oh my gosh she pulled the just, turkey neck out oh what is this a deck <laughs> <laughs> so oh good. my god i loved it yeah we watched the whole thing it's so ridiculous another thing i sort of noticed in this scene is that ginger even though she's like sort of standoffish to like the boys right like the boys still think that she's hot you know so she does have a kind of like she already has a little bit of power uh, you know, oh, over yeah. these boys, she's but mysterious. she just hasn't really reached her potential. Yeah, she's like the mysterious, 
like hot stoner girl or whatever. Not she's not a stoner, but like she might be. Know, oh, she is later. Bad girl. Yeah, she's later. Um, yeah. So uh, we we already see that like she has potential for like hot, sexy allure, but she just hasn't really come into her own yet. Yeah. Would you just absolutely die if you fell into the body of a dead dog? Oh, I don't know what I would do. I literally don't know what I would do. I would throw up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely throw up. Uh, Maybe faint. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just have to go back to that girl who's such a bad actress. There's there's, there's this one scene where... um, I, oh, the character of Sam, I guess the mean girl, Trina, she's like, she's been, kind of had this uh, this relationship with the character of Sam, which we haven't really met yet. But he like, she tries to say hi to him or something and he drives away in his van and then she goes, oh my God, uh, uh, you have my number, right? Uh, okay, call me. She like, her <laughs> delivery is so hilarious. She's like, she's like bad drama class. Like... They must have used the. They must have used a girl from that actual high school to play this bitch. I don't know. I feel like she won a contest <laughs> <laughs> for worst actress. <laughs> yeah. No, I meant to star in this movie or oh. star, but have a part in this. <laughs> star in this movie. <laughs> star. Um, and you know what? I think there's one last character we have not addressed yet, and that is the character of Canada. This movie is so Canadian. Canada in this movie looks so drab. Like, don't you... Like, all, it's so yeah. muted and, like... <laughs> this is, like, not the high school I want to go to. <laughs> no, for sure. This is not, like, Beverly Hills High, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. In no way, shape, or form is this Woodsboro. No, oh, definitely not. <laughs> There's no character to this town. Yeah, oh my god. Like, it's ooh, so, Bailey it's, Downs, where the, all the houses are made out of bricks. There's no hills, no trees, no. Yeah, anything. it's like, it's so flat. There's woods. You know what I thought about, which was, I don't know, I was obviously very stoned while I was watching this. And I was like, I don't think that I've ever walked through like legitimate woods before. <laughs> <laughs> this, you, you know what I, like. I don't know. Like, that's just an experience I have never had. You know, like, you see all the time in movies or, like, the woods, the yeah. woods. I'm like, have I ever been to <laughs> the woods? Into the woods. Yeah, into the woods. Into the woods. I've been in the woods. Uh, haven't you ever been on a hike? Was there trees? Yeah, but was I in the woods? I'm talking about, like, the open-ass woods. Like, like we're in the motherfucking Blair Witch Project Oh, no. Woods. Like, there's no path or nothing? Yes, no, 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 like, no. the woods. <laughs> You know, like, the mysterious woods that are always in every sort of horror film? No. Sound off if you've been to the woods. <laughs> yeah. Leave us a comment or message us on Instagram if About you've your been experience in, in the, the woods. woods. And why. Oh, you know what, though? But we have met um, Bridget's wig. Oh, my God. A, the starring character. The scene the, stealer, if you will. Yes, the bitch with no edges. Yeah, that wig is... Bit large. It's like so poofy. She looks like a character from Daria come to life. It is stunning. Like if I didn't know any better, I thought that was the werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) Ginger, who's been complaining about lower back pain, is bombarded with questions by her mother, Pamela, played by Mimi Rogers, who is concerned that the girls are several years late menstruating. Ginger denies it and storms away from dinner while her sister follows. 
That night, they set out to execute their plan, although Bridget is hesitant. They are surprised to find the mutilated corpse of another dog. They decide to take it with them to convince Trina it's actually her dog, but as they pick it up, a leg comes off in Bridget's hand. Bridget notices blood on Ginger, thinking it's from the dog, but it proves to be from Ginger's first period. Just then, the beast of Bailey Downs attacks and drags her into the woods. Bridget runs into the woods to rescue Ginger, following the sound of her screams. Bridget finds the bloody Ginger and the sisters flee, narrowly escaping being hit by an approaching van driven by Sam, played by Chris Lemke, which hits and kills the beast in pursuit of the young girls. Back at home, Bridget finds Ginger's bloody wounds are already healing and begs her to go to a hospital. Ginger refuses as she does not want their mother to find out. Oh, okay. This is when we know that this movie is not about werewolves. It is about chupacabras. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> These are chupacabras. I've, I've ever seen them. Yeah, this is like an evil were-rabbit mouse. Um, but, but before we get there, so we have, um, we meet the character of Mimi, um, and she's their mother. She's like this really... Her name is not Mimi. <laughs> oh, sorry. Miss Mimi <laughs> plays Pamela. And Pamela is like this sort of, I don't want to say overbearing, because she's not really overbearing. She's just more like she clueless. Yeah, like she wants to be involved with the girls' lives, but they're like not letting her in. So she's trying all these different techniques, it seems, to connect with them. I know, bless her. I feel so bad. She just wants to be a part of her daughter's lives, but they're just such fucking... They are not receptive to this. They are not receptive. And I don't know, you know what I noticed also in this scene, especially this dinner scene? I was like, I never realized before watching this movie that I was like, oh... Ginger was always kind of a villain in this story. Like she was never nice. Yeah. She's not like she's not like um like a like Jennifer an aunt, like that uh, Jennifer. <laughs> I feel like Jennifer is a little more likable. She's a nicer human. She's kind of a bitch to like the hot boys, but like yeah. I feel like Ginger just comes off as kind of an asshole the entire movie. So oh, she's yeah, all, she hates her she was, parents. Yeah. She was always meant to be the villain, but in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, the lovable ginger gets turned into a werewolf. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the case. Like, she's so rude to her mom in this scene. She's and so like, rude. She's all, have a fit. <laughs> <laughs> I would have slapped her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they're like, just like disturbing, like, her, their poor mother. I, it just sort of blew my mind. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. She is kind of a bitch. <laughs> like, Yeah, she is. I was like, wow, these girls are really out of control, especially her. Oh, so, the, and then, so through these scenes, Ginger's been like complaining that her back hurts, right? And, um, you know, so then they get onto the discussion of, you know, them not having their menstruation yet. And, um, you know, this movie is super clever because it does really equate like, this like werewolf transformation with menstruating some people i was reading some like critics reviews that were like negative that were saying that the metaphor was super heavy-handed but it's like not clever but i think it's clever i think it's clever too i i mean especially the way these girls are putting it like they're like oh my god i have the curse and you know like turning into a woman is like turning into a, a monster to them right exactly and so we get 
you know, Ginger's starting to get her, her first period and, uh, you know, Mimi's so excited. She's excited for her young girls to become women. Um, yeah, but poor, poor thing. She's just so on the outskirts. Like they don't want anything to do with her. <laughs> we get Ginger and Bridget going to, to execute this plan, right? They're all Trina. She's a fucking bitch and we're going to fuck with her. Right. So we're going to make her think her dog is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which is um, clever. I mean, yeah. So they're like taking advantage of like Bailey Downs is like this like beast that's been killing their dogs. They find this like dead dog carcass, and um, I don't. I just I think this is the beginning of like some like the really brilliant moments of it. I love when they're when they're talking, and um, you know they're like pulling this dead dog apart, and then we notice that or Bridget notices that there's blood on her leg. And she like calls it out and like, but Bridget thinks it's like, she thinks it's like, uh, like the dog do- blood. blood from the dog. Yeah. Yeah. But actually it's like her period starting and then they get attacked and they get attacked probably because She's the bleeding. werewolf could, s- yeah, was like smelling her blood. And I'm like, Oh, that's like, that's a crazy concept. Yeah. You look, you yeah. think about like the blood attracting that of like animals well, but it could you know Carrie to- Carrie's mom Mrs. White Mrs. Margaret White she definitely taught us this lesson she said when the blood comes the dog starts yes. running yeah <laughs> yeah the curse of blood the curse yeah. of blood yeah yes um, yeah so and then this werewolf attack happens and this this uh, is really well done I would say like as far as like werewolf attacks go, like I think oh you she can gets get, fucked like, miss- up. This is com- yeah. This is comparable to Leonardo DiCaprio and The Revenant. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that was actually inspired by this film. <laughs> so previous to this, like we've had a lot of um, humor, I would say, in the script, and so when this happens, like this is like scary. This like the movie kind of has shit like shifts, um, just to like a straight on horror moment. Yes. And I think it's so good. Like, just like the sound of it and the screaming and you don't really see the the wolf or, you know, what's attacking her and she gets dragged away and all you hear is her screaming. You're like, oh, fuck. Like, whatever it was that got her has to be moving so fast that she's already out of sight of Bridget. Yeah. Yeah. And we're following Bridget more so in this situation. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I applaud her for going after her. I mean, that's terrifying. But, I mean, I guess... I'm like, is that instinct or love? I don't know. She just can't live without her. She's her sister's yeah. follower. I mean, I guess I, if somebody grabbed somebody that I loved and pulled them away, I, I guess that my instinct would be to chase them. She's like chasing her and they like, it's just so scary. Like this whole sequence. It's like, yeah, because she keeps getting man. She keeps managing to sort of get away from the beast, but then it grabs her again. She's getting fucked yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's almost like a shark attack, but yes. uh, it's like Jaws. You know, it might say, yeah, it is this really is like Jaws. To that, that as well. Yeah, like being pulled under, like that sort of same situation. Yeah, I think that's it's really effective and really well done. So the girls start running and they run across the street, and then they, <laughs> this car drives by and just Plows explodes this, the the, <laughs> the beast. Yeah, literally, it, just, it explodes like a like a trash bag full of blood. <laughs> it's like so. This reminded me of something that just happened. <gasps> Joey's grandmother, <gasps> it, who who lives in um, 
I think she lives in Sonoma, close to you, right? Oh, yes. And uh, in Santa Rosa, she was driving through like the kind of woodsy area. Yes. See the woods. And, um, and all of a sudden, the car in front of her hit a deer oh. and the deer flew into the air and flew through her windshield into the passenger seat of the car. No. A deer. Oh my God. A full deer body. Oh my God. Crashed through. Luckily there was nobody in the passenger seat because if there they were, they probably would have been killed by this Smith. flying Crushed. deer. Oh, oh my she's god! She's lucky she wasn't crushed by the flying deer. Yeah. Oh my god! I saw the picture of it, and the windshield is just a giant hole where there used to be a fucking deer. Wow. Well, you didn't see any pictures yeah. with the deer in it. <laughs> no, it was already being cooked at that point. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ew, that's gross. That's um, uh, but yeah, isn't that crazy? I don't know what this scene reminded me of it. But could you is, imagine well, hitting something nice. like that? No, uh, no, that is uh, shocking. And then, uh, you know, they get together and they run back to the house and she's like covered in like fucking blood. And where are their parents now? They're like screaming for... Girl, they're out counseling. Remember? Oh, like I said earlier, she's like, we're going to counseling. Don't go out. And then immediately the next scene, they're out. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, don't go out. And then literally cuts to them out. <laughs> I, I like how it doesn't waste any time with like this transformation business. It's not like, and then three days went by where she was writhing in agony. And then all of a sudden she's starting to see symptoms. Like literally they happen right away. She like <laughs> looks at the yeah. wounds and they're like literally already healing. And she's like, uh, she's like, does this hurt? And she's all no. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, so it's hap- rapid pace. Let's get to the point. I love it. I know. Yeah, like let's not waste time with this slow transformation, like cursed. Yeah, exactly. We're like, oh my god, plotting. We're just like, what's happening? Why are we in a bathroom stall? Like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, like they just get right to the point. So let's find out what happens next. After a few days of attempting to act like the attack never happened, Ginger begins to grow hair from her wounds sprouts a tail and menstruates heavily however ginger also begins to gain a new sense of confidence in her body and sexuality strutting the halls of school and turning the heads of boys including jock jason played by jesse moss a rift forms between the sisters after ginger smokes marijuana with jason and aggressively pursues him ignoring bridget's warnings she has unprotected sex with jason then kills a neighbor's dog that's so hot. Just so fucking hot. What a great first date. Just <laughs> Ginger realizes that her lust isn't for sex. It's to tear everything apart. Mama. <laughs> Frightened by what is happening to Ginger, Bridget turns to Sam, the boy who hit the beast of Bailey Downs with his car. Bridget convinces Sam that it is actually her who has been infected in order to protect Ginger. Agreeing the Beast of Bailey Downs is a chupacabra. Oh, no, wait. Uh, my God. <laughs> they agree that the Beast is a lycanthrope. Obviously. First thing I would think of, too. Yeah. You know what that like, is? Oh. A lycanthrope. Like, yeah. What? Oh, duh. Oh, my God. Why didn't I think of that? Duh. Of course it is. He suggests a pure silver ring may cure her as it cleanses the blood. I literally can't believe people would drink teaspoons of silver to like Oh my god. Heal themselves. They do, yeah. It's, it's called something silver. Yeah, it's like a thing. 
like a thing people do. That's hot. I want to try it. Yeah. Do you poop silver? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I already do. Bridget persuades Ginger to have her navel pierced using the ring, but it is ineffective, only furthering Ginger's transformation. Later, Trina goes to the Fitzgerald house, claiming Ginger kidnapped her dog. Ginger attacks Trina and drags her into the kitchen, frightening Bridget. Trina slips on spilled milk, attempting to fend off Ginger, hitting her head on the corner of the kitchen counter, and she dies. The sisters panic, narrowly avoiding their parents seeing them as they put the body in the freezer, explaining the blood to be a part of another series of death photos for the school project. Bridget later accidentally breaks off two of Trina's fingers, trying to get the corpse from the freezer. As they take Trina's body to bury it, they lose the fingers. Bridget tells Ginger she cannot go out anymore, but Ginger remains defiant. Ooh, Ginger, she's a bad girl. She's a badass bitch. She's like, you know what? I'm a lycanthrope now, and I'll do whatever the fuck I want. First of all, this tale. Oh Oh my god. God. Can you imagine? Oh my god, it's hilarious. It does look like a little... Dick. Like a little dick. (laughs) Yeah, there's no other other way to put it. When she's taping it to her leg... It looks oh my like god! A, a long, misshapen dick. To me, it looks like a flesh-colored poo, <laughs> like just hanging out. Ew! Ew. <laughs> but as gross as that is, Ginger is feeling herself now. Oh, totally. She is strutting the hall in slow motion, which is always a sign that you have confidence. Yeah, and that you are a bad bitch, just like all the best mean girls in movies. Yes, a force to be reckoned with. Oh, yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, she like walks in and she's like a little, she's a little timid, you know, at first. And then she's like, wait, look at my boobs. I'm These are fucking hot. hot. Yeah, she starts acting out, starts smoking marijuana. She's pursuing Jason, <laughs> who's sort of like this douchebag, but Jesse Moss is kind of cute is he (laughs) not really but she wants him and he wants her so i know yeah like before the whole transformation like ginger is under his motherfucking spell he comes up to her and she's like i love that scene when he's like hey uh you want to go out sometime (laughs) and she's like just like just stares at him and she's like uh no (laughs) and then just walks away (laughs) Well, so she was already under his spell, but now that she has power, she's embracing her sexuality. She's becoming a womana. Yes. She said, I want that. Yeah. That's mine. That's my din din right there. Yeah. This is a heavy, um, I mean, not heavy, but it's a taboo subject for high schoolers, too, talking about sex and unprotected sex. Well, that's when the like the shift of this movie turns from being a metaphor about menstruation to being a metaphor about STIs. <laughs> right, very that. It's like I mean, yeah, because yeah, it, there's it's double the metaphor for you, folks. It's like yeah, it becomes about her giving him an infection to which he you know succumbs to, which he does eventually start turning into a werewolf, but like. It looks different. Like her, she like becomes like sexy and you know confident, and he becomes like boily and gross. It seems like more of 
more of an illness for him than it is for her. But as yeah. she starts to grow her teeth and things, she, they they don't go away like Jennifer or something like that. Right, know? exactly. They stay there and she looks, she just starts looking ugly. I know. I think that, yeah, there's definitely like a, a bit of like suspension of disbelief here <laughs> with the facial prosthetics and everything. Yeah. Because you're like, this girl obviously looks weird. But for some reason, everybody is just overlooking it. <laughs> yeah, that her teeth are in the shape of like knives. She's, she literally has fangs. <laughs> like, like dog literally fangs. Literally has fangs. And you know what? I, I appreciate that. That John Fawcett, the director, was really adamant about practical effects. You know? Oh, oh we love it. It's great. And, and, they look, and they look great for the most part in this movie. Right, exactly. And you know, but it just means Miss Park, Miss uh, Catherine Isabel, she had to wear these teeth that unfortunately make her give her a speech and a new speech impediment for the character that she didn't have before so the fact that people don't comment on it you're gonna have to like just suspend your disbelief like people are so into themselves they don't even notice what's going on with her that's how i'm gonna justify it exactly exactly you know a lot of um her transformation too involves a lot of pain like she's still having the back pain and She's grabbing her right. stomach. She's in pain, which is a new werewolf yeah. role that I think kind of we see in the curse because they are a little bit in pain also. But right. um, yeah, I don't think we mentioned it. So a werewolf role is like during the transformation process, you will be in extreme pain. Right, exactly. Cramps, if you will. Oh, and then we forgot about one of the biggest ones, which is like they start sprouting hair through their wounds. Yes. And you know, puberty, of course, uh, one of the... <laughs> the main things that happens to you as a teenager going through puberty is that you start getting hair in places you'd never thought like a hair like a hairy nipple just like one nipple hair right just one long one uh, right so i mean obviously they've taken that <laughs> that metaphor and made that sort of this heavy-handed uh you know visual of her she's becoming hairy and then later on we see her like with a bic razor just Shaving you know, her shaving legs. all that hair, <laughs> shave her legs, but it's like insane werewolf hair. Which is <laughs> yeah. fun. I do like that. I do yeah. like those moments. Yeah, those are great moments. Bridget doesn't know who to turn to. She's like, oh my god, Ginger's not listening to her. So she's like, where do I go? Oh, I know the guy who sells drugs at the school. Yeah, the guy who sells drugs, who is also a weirdo, and there's something about this character that I do not understand, and that is actual. Like, I don't understand the words he says in this movie. Like, I don't know if just the slang doesn't translate or something, or how he's speaking. But every oh. scene that this character is in, he's like sp- spouting off some you know pseudo philosophical bullshit yes. to the point where I'm like I would be like I don't know what you're saying I don't understand <laughs> like, literally sir he's I like from LA um, he's so pretentious yeah he's like so it's like so pretentious but it means nothing that's how I I know that's not how the character is supposed to be perceived but like I perceive the character like that I'm like what they, are you even saying they bro? also make him seem like sort of like a scientist like he sells drugs yeah. because he knows how to make them <laughs> yeah I know but then like he immediately goes to this like lycanthrope thing he's all I think I would say I ran into a lycanthrope and then she's like I know what a lycanthrope is and then they like immediately believe it they immediately decide that lycanthrope is it this is and literally he... how charles manson got his followers <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yes and then they like start having this like meeting where they're like talking about it and i'm like i imagine myself listening to this conversation I was, like as an outsider i'm like these two are fucking weird 
They are. Like, what are they even talking about? Why do they believe this? This sounds like some bullshit that high school kids would make up. Yeah. And but they like they're like fully invested. They're like lycanthrope. Like it's just funny that they uh, I don't know believe that so quickly. Final Destination Three. Jesse Moss is in that. Yes. Yeah. And we we me and my roommate were like, oh yeah, it's that guy. The guy who dies on the roller coaster. And then um, yeah. Then there's he also di- I think he. How does he die? Oh, he gets chopped in half. No. No, he just something falls. kills he, him in the end. He's no, he's fireworks. No, 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 no. Jesse Moss, the one that plays Jason. Oh, he's also in. He's it. in Final Destination three too. He plays Mary Elizabeth Winstead's uh, boyfriend who does not make it off the roller coaster. Oh shit! And then Chris oh, Lemke, of- yeah, he's yes. in Final Destination three. And I do have to say, compared to Final Destination three, I think he actually looks pretty cute in this. Are you there? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Lemke he's kind of cute in this movie I don't think he's ever cute in anything else I think I think I was like slightly fooled at first I was like oh I was like okay hot bad boy but then I looked I was like no Jake just shoots down my taste level that's not true you're, that's not true that is true this whole time I said Jesse Moss <laughs> kind of cute you're like fuck no and then I say Chris no. Lemke's kind of cute like, I don't know I don't no, think these guys rubber. are hot like what is going on <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love it. And you know, if you like it, I love it, you know? They're both shit. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, okay, moving on. So he says that silver might cure her. I, I guess pressing silver against your body could possibly cleanse your blood. I'm not buying yeah. this, but hey, she tries it anyway by piercing her... Um, her belly sister's button. belly button with this ring and i love this because again it's continuing the metaphor of like once you become a teenager once you hit puberty you start to rebel you're getting and like oh, you yeah. said like she's shaving her, her legs yeah. but not because her hair is growing wild it's because she's turning into a werewolf and then yeah. like for this it's like she's piercing her belly button but it's because her sister convinced her to so she could try to cleanse her blood of werewolf blood yeah yeah exactly it's like that's where i think this movie is so clever and like does just a really good job at uh you know making these metaphors obvious to where we can all be in on the joke yeah Uh, but also they're all just clever as well so they're like you're like oh wow that's good they are in your face like they're they're not hiding like you don't have to find them you don't have to reevaluate after you've watched the movie a couple times like no this is it is what it is but I appreciate that I don't have to think it's simple viewing right absolutely that's true I love it I love that and then we get to um, the best actress of Canada oh my the best actress of Canada (laughs) Miss Trina she's back the diamond princess and she's like you took my begging dog like give me my dog back and they didn't take the dog right no they didn't do anything with her dog but she claims that she saw ginger walking away with her dog so i'm thinking that something may have happened off screen right like did ginger actually take the dog she might have i have to say that your screenshot right now what i'm looking at is just a vision of beauty my hue lights are on the setting called Tokyo. Oh my so, god, they're uh, gorgeous. They're really and, and look at the light from your microphone. You're literally a rainbow is cascading across. Oh your my face. god, I look fucking stunning. You look so good. Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so that was so I am obviously a better actress than Trina. And um uh <laughs> get it. What'd you say? 
I, I said, clearly I'm a better actress than Miss Trina because I was just giving you all these compliments. Oh my God, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> you are a fucking whore. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what was I going to say? You're saying Miss Trina's a horrible actress. Oh, oh, she's not that bad in this scene. It, there's another scene where she's, she like ginger walks by and she's like, oh, and, and Bridget was just seen talking to Sam, the boy that she was like talking to that like yeah. blew her off. And so she like tries to make a dig at her and, and she literally delivers it like, she's like, wow, looks like the Fitzgerald girls are both whores or something like that. It's just like remedial acting. Just so then we get to this scene of Trina. And honestly, this scene is really disturbing. <laughs> I oh. think it like. It like again, it's like one of those moments where like we have like comedy, 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 and then we like hit this wall where all of a sudden we're like full on, like disturbing horror, and like Ginger's not playing. Like she grabs Trina and she pulls her into the house and she's like fucking her up. She's like beating her up. Fuck this bitch up. Yeah, literally, and she's like holding her by the mouth and. You know, she's like screaming as at Bridget, who's like trying to get them to stop, and then Trina's just like full on, just like vomits <laughs> like everywhere, oh and because God. she's probably that scared, like it's like yeah, it gets like to the point it's where it's intense. like shit, this this shit is like really realistic. Like, like oh, they went for like a realistic approach. Up. Yeah, they did. Yeah, this and, is how somebody would react if they were being handled this way. This is like the first of several moments I noticed where it's almost as if like play with her prey, almost like a dog would. You know, they like to like beat up the fucking mouse or whatever when you, or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Animals just have a natural instinct to play with their, their prey. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's science or not. I do have my uh, BFA in musical theater. Right. But, um, and you're a professor. I think, you're right. I'm a professor and I'm yeah, a scientist. And so <laughs> I think that they do. I think they like to play with their prey. And so this is something that she would do as she turns into an animal and she's just like literally playing with this girl until she fucking dies which is not their fault I mean it's their fault that she's in there in the first it's place it's not and, their fault but she was crying yeah. over spilled milk and now she's slipping over it like what are you yeah, gonna do yeah, yeah and then half the counter ends up in her skull so. oh my god this looks great too this yeah. scene of her just hitting that fucking noggin against that table have you seen yeah. when that boy is uh on the floor like doing floor work to positions by Ariana Grande and he goes backwards and he smashes his skull into a glass table and, oh my and then God. he rolls into a circle like to play it off and he flips his head back and as he does it a big like splatter <laughs> of blood ends up on his shirt what I'm gonna send, I have it saved so I'm gonna send it to you after this ew that sounds horrible it's horrible but it reminds me of this oh yeah yeah, Bully. she's fucking out for the count. And then also, I got a callback to like tragedy girls. You know when they kill that girl in the mm. in the warehouse, oh, and her yeah. blood mixes with the iced coffee. Oh yeah, that was this. That, like, the- they were showing her blood mixing with the milk, and I was like, this is nice imagery. Yeah, wait, yeah, that's a good observation. Yeah, tragedy girls paying homage to probably another movie like centered around teenage girls in a horror situation I'm sure that was a reference yeah they're sort of going through their changes too so it's anytime like a woman changes it's a horror movie yeah absolutely <laughs> and but and so then Trina's dead which not by the fault of Ginger or Bridget she slipped and then um, the 
we have we immediately shift back into comedy mode because all of a sudden it's like a quirky situation and mom's home and you know so then they they stage this moment where they're like doing the deaths and uh all of a sudden you know ginger is acting very nice to her parents she's like want to taste daddy corn syrup it's like blood all over her and she's actually like, like licking it yeah and i'm like girl what if he said yes what if he's like, mm, I love corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> so this, I think this looks great. I think all these practical effects thus far have looked really good, including this and her fingers falling off when they take her out oh my of God. the freezer. Yeah, but this practical effect looks stupid, to be honest. How does she freeze so fast? She froze so fast. She has like a layer of ice. Literally, it's like an Austin Powers when they in like the cryogenic freezer. <laughs> all of a sudden, I was like, what? I was like, did they just put her in there? Why is she already like this? like frozen stiff corpse covered in frost an ice cube i love but i love this imagery of them just taking her out and like they have her wrapped in a blanket and then they drop her and it's just like thud like you know know. there's a lot of physical humor yeah totally totally oh one of the things i was gonna say is that this movie has a whole narrative on periods but some of this vocabulary like we were talking about earlier like the girls are like kind of disgusted like calling it the curse and like they don't want to they're like fighting like womanhood um and then like when she's like i can't (laughs) i can't have a hairy chest that is so fucked up (laughs) (laughs) but also like when she says that um when she tells the nurse that she she refers to her period as sludge like some of the verbiage and vocabulary that they use to describe this is like kind of gross yeah it is but i will say that that nurse is a, a hero because honestly sex education in the u.s sucks right and you know she'd probably be fired for talking to this girls like this or giving them condoms but i guess canada they uh they know what's up they're one step ahead yeah seriously oh you know and also playing into this like teenager coming of age type story once this once ginger starts her period and starts his werewolf transformation her the divide between her and Bridget really grows and so mm-hmm. there's kind of this shift that we see in siblings where one gets older and hits puberty and doesn't want to hang yeah. out with the younger one anymore. You know what's so funny? I was watching this with my roommate who is, you know, has a sister and she made a comment um, when, after the werewolf attack. She's like, I don't know. She's like, I feel like these girls are too close. She's like, you know, speaking as somebody who has um, you know, a sister who's like, you know, she's like a moon who has a sister. She's like, I don't know. I feel like they're they're too like into each other. And then all, then you see this happen. It's like, oh yeah. So this was just like a naturally occurring thing. Like event. Like sisters have this innate rivalry. I guess. I guess maybe that's the commentary yeah. here. And my my roommate sort of like you know was on that train that you know eventually you aren't as into your sister as you once were or you know know, she's no longer your best friend she's now an annoyance and i guess that happens with a lot of siblings Um, yeah you know as you get older all of a sudden oh just everything gets on your nerves about them and you're embarrassed to be around them like oh god it's my sibling and so yeah that definitely feels like a comment on that like her her sort of leaving her sister behind now that she's she's gotten her her uh her period and all this stuff and she's really starting to go through puberty and she's doesn't have time to deal with her sister shit anymore she's on her own journey of discovery yes. of boys and drugs and sex and yeah all the important things yeah and werewolves 
On the pretense that Bridget is the one changing instead of Ginger, they visit Sam, who suggests a monk's hood solution for Ginger's illness, and informs them that the monk's hood grows everywhere. However, it only grows during the spring. Ginger angrily tells him that they have no time, and accuses him of just wanting to have sex with Bridget before storming out. On Halloween, Bridget locks Ginger in the restroom and takes her mother's monk's hood, which was purchased from a craft store, and asks Sam to make the cure. Sam warns her and asks if it's for Ginger. Bridget admits the truth and promises to go to the greenhouse bash party. While trying to track down Ginger, Bridget is attacked by Jason, whom Ginger infected through unprotected sex, and she defends herself by using the cure on him. She witnesses his immediate change in behavior, which proves the cure's success. Ginger breaks through the door and returns to school looking for Jason. As Bridget arrives, a message on the PA asks her to go to the guidance office. She knocks and is dragged inside by Ginger, who has killed the counselor. Bridget calms Ginger down and goes to find cleaning supplies, but returns to see the janitor with his throat torn open. He survives, though infected, until Bridget says he should have gotten help, which incites Ginger to disembowel him with her hand. Ginger then attempts to convince Bridget to join her and honor their pact to be together forever. Um, and then where did this monk's hood thing come from? So now there's some new were- werewolf rules in here. So monk's, yeah, monk's hood could potentially be a solution to cleansing the werewolf right out of your body. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, this definitely is like... I mean, I would consider it probably like a liberty. Like they're like, okay, let's add this. This sounds right. This yeah, is like the this classic. Good. We've already had the classic silver. Uh, maybe this will help. I mean, or maybe not. Maybe I wonder if there is like folklore out there that says like some sort of herb or whatever will, uh, yeah, like monkshood or something will like defeat the werewolf or I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Chime in, listeners. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? And um, so they they figure this out that this is going to be the cure. And then, uh, thank God for Pamela, because she just happens to go buy some at the craft store. Oh, yeah. Thank God. She must have went to Michael's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're just selling it at a Joann's. You know? <laughs> um, Ginger, I think, brings up a very important thing that was on all of our minds, that Sam potentially wants to sleep with Bridget, because Sam is obviously an adult, and Bridget is obviously supposed to be, like, 15. 15. So I'm like, yeah, like what's going on here? Because you guys are spending just a little too much time together. I know. I, I'm, I, I'm glad that they called that out because it does feel a little weird that he's hanging out with this girl. And it does almost feel like they're trying to like create a little love Romance. story between them. And yeah. it's like, oh God, no, don't do that. Don't. She's a young girl and this is a drug dealing weirdo yeah. who, know, who thinks he's a werewolf scientist. Very edgy. I don't picture Canada being like this, but hey. Well, I mean, this movie is pretty edgy for Canada. I feel like everybody in Canada is so nice and this movie is vicious. This movie is vicious. I do like that this movie takes place on Halloween. I yes. forgot about that element. I know. So now I can watch it every Halloween. Yay! <laughs> Not an excuse. I love that. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited for Halloween. I want it to come soon. It'll be here before you know it. I mean, we've already yeah. started our October voting for the podcast. I mean, it's yeah. just like, we're right there. We're right there. Yeah, it's coming up. I just want an excuse to be spooky. Anyway. So where Sam grows marijuana, there's going to be a Halloween party. I mean, this honestly sounds like <laughs> a, an ideal event. 
Oh, absolutely. That I, that sounds right up my alley. Yeah. Sounds yep. like the Carpenter Queens are hosting a gig, right? Oh, yes, yeah, very that, very that. We yeah, are, get together. Right. We are definitely going to have to discuss some marijuana with them. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Um, are you smoking are you smoking anything today? Did you smoke anything? Um, yes, in honor of the Carpenter Queens, I did smoke yes. today, Jake. What did you smoke? Um, my raw garden pen. Um, mm-hmm, it has mm-hmm. the live resin hybrid. It has live resin. Called Island Girl. Island, Ooh, that's Island cute. Girl. I don't think we don't. I don't think we carry Island Girl at my dispensary. But um, lucky you. That sounds cute. Yeah, it is really nice, and it gives me a very cool high. What are you sipping on? I am sipping on uh, a disposable cart today. This is uh, a Carvana pen. Um, super cute, super sleek, and it is uh, Blue Dream. Not live resin, just a regular THC distillate pen. But um, I do like I like this pen. I think that their the hits are super clean. Like this one, this yes. Blue Dream tastes like almost tastes like like baby powder or something like that. But it's like yes. it just is like kind of a cooling. I don't know. It just feels like nice and fresh. Um, oh, I love okay. it. Super smooth hit. So uh, get out there and uh, get your Carvanas. Sponsor us, baby. Yeah, Raw Garden Carvana. Come on over. Yeah, come, come on over, baby. baby. Um, so back to the show. We are done with that ad. <laughs> 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 okay, so another werewolf rule. You can pass on the curse by having unprotected sex, which I think happens in Cursed with Joni. Right? Oh, yeah, totally. that's true, I guess. Yeah, so that's not an original. Well, I mean, maybe Cursed stole that. Maybe they were inspired right. by Ginger Snaps. Um, but but yeah, I think that's that makes sense, right? I mean, your exchange of bodily fluids. Um, yes, blood, semen, all of it. Yeah, so it's all intermixing, making a little, you know, soup. Uh, it only <laughs> makes sense <laughs> that yeah. he would um, that he would be infected with it. So, and like we mentioned before, um, Jason is an ugly fucking thing. He has pimp big huge pimples on his face he looks horrible oh my god i know but he he gets like really like like ragey like roid ragey almost that's what it feels like to me his his hormones are going crazy and i mean ginger's obviously really angry too like she's just like she's like rage you know that like metaphorical version of like that teenage female rage and but he has like the boy version which is like to me comes across as like a roid rage (laughs) or something and he's like out there like trying to attack Bridget and then Bridget's like stick and she gets him right in the with neck the monk's head. yeah with the monk's hood and he like pops up and he's like oh, I have to go I have class and he just like walk, stumbles away with a syringe literally hanging out of his oh neck oh my god it's so funny <laughs> but that whole scene is filmed very strangely though it seems kind of out it of place it seems like an afterthought Almost, like they forgot about him it feels like it's filmed like a like a t- cheap tv show it's like it's like the dutch angles like those like yes you know, side angles Goosebumps. almost like sam raimi-esque <laughs> you know yeah and like the weird zooms in on their face and like it felt like goosebumps or like a power rangers episode and i was like ooh, i was like not not the film's strongest moment but um i like that ending where he gets stabbed and then waddles away so then Ginger, well, Bridget locks Ginger up because she wants enough time to get this concoction, you know, and all this. But Ginger's strength yeah. has gotten the best of her because she can kick down yeah. or bang down doors and just escape from any locked room. Hell yeah. She's, get, she's getting that werewolf strength. 
and she arrives at that party with that with a brand new wig, honey. <laughs> a bitch and a brand new face. Yes, probably her final form as like a human werewolf hybrid, right? It's just her, her hair has gone completely white. And it almost seems like the more people she kills, the more and cl- the, the faster her transformation goes. Because the body count is building. Like she's killed the 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 janitor, she's killed the guidance counselor. All these men that have tried to like influence her in one way or another right exactly it's like everybody that's like giving her shit is on her shit list and she's like you are now my prey so she kills the guidance counselor and then this whole scene with the janitor is also really fucking scary like she's really scared she's and again playing with her food right she is literally throwing this janitor from side to side onto the lockers this poor man who's just out there doing his job you know fucking mopping up the floor and all of a sudden now he's like getting like maimed by her yeah and ginger mentions that the reason she's fucking with him is because she sees the way that he looks at bridget but honestly earlier he saved her from getting attacked by jason right so i'm like he's not a bad guy but ginger has no remorse she has no remorse and then she like um, I really like I, li- I like this like half transformation so she has a little more white in her hair at this point she has like that one big blue eye contact and then she has like those teeth and um, oh, yeah. and her na- and her her claws that she has are really cool so that part when she like disembowels him is so crazy she just sticks her hand right in there oh. and then she's like eating it and she's like and she has this little monologue about it like being better than sex. Or, or no, she, you know, yes. no, it's, no, it is. It's about, no, when she says it's about touching yourself. And she's like, you know, every move right on the fucking dot. I was like, ugh. I was like, that is yeah. the shit right there. That's good writing. And she's like kind of yeah. giving this, like she's equating it to like, just like a, almost like killing is like an orgasm for her. An orgasm. You know, and that, yeah. you know, it's not the sex that she's after. She's after the kill. And boy, does she fucking murder the fuck out of that guy and eats him. And then they have this weird moment where Ginger, like, kind of, like, straddles over Bridget. And she's like, it's like we're not even sisters anymore. Or, like, we don't even, we're not even related anymore. Like, she's, like, really conscious of how much she's changed now that they're, like, not even in the same world. And it gets, like, kind of, cre- like, a little creepy. Her relationship with Bridget is, like they are very codependent on each other like they, like obviously they were each other's like first love like not in like a maybe like in a romantic way but you know they only had each other who could relate to each other for so long and and you know even though she is becoming a woman she wants her sister there with her so she's like trying to actively convince her to join her and i don't think that bridget is down obviously she's like i don't want to murder people <laughs> Just myself. Yeah. Just kidding. Um, like, <laughs> I know, but I really like this scene. This is probably my favorite scene in the movie other than the werewolf attack. Like in the beginning. Oh, nice. I love this. Scene. I, like, I think both of them are super intense. And yeah, they, they again do that shift that I think is really effective because you're caught off guard every time and not in like a jarring way, but in like a whoa, like this, like as fun as this has been, there's also like a serious side to this. There's a dark side yes. to what's happening. And I appreciate that. You know, I think that this is the part too where, um, when she's trying to convince oh, Bridget. Oh Jesus Christ! Really? Oh, uh oh, uh, that needs to go. 
this is one of those moments where it relates to their coming of age story where uh, Ginger tells Bridget like I love the, this power because being just a woman you're either a slut a bitch oh, yeah. a tease or the virgin next door so you're like oh like she thinks her options are very limited because she's a woman so becoming a monster is the best route to go especially because after she hooks up with Jason she makes this comment too about he's gonna be the hero and I'm gonna be this weird mutant because she's like mm-hmm. growing a tail or something right 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 <laughs> but it's like yeah that's just how she feels even if she right. weren't turning into a werewolf right exactly and you know, I think it's uh, I think she ha- has hit the nail on the head a bit you know about like flying under the radar like we've we've kind of put women into these boxes for so long that she's like nobody's gonna ever suspect us we're two teenage girls we don't fit the narrative of murderers so we need to keep going because honestly we're about to be introduced to a very compelling character well a few different ones and that is um pamela's scrunchies (laughs) oh my god her fashion she's a fashion icon The sister's mother and her scrunchie discovers Trina's body. She puts the severed fingers in Tupperware and goes looking for her daughters. While she's looking for them, she sees Bridget running and picks her up. As she drives Bridget to the greenhouse bash, she tells her that she will burn the house down by letting it fill up with gas, then lighting a match to erase evidence of Trina's death and their escape. <laughs> She's a down-ass I know, mama. but do you know what? I think that this just really proves her devotion to her kids like i think she's she's even willing to kill her husband in that house it sounded like literally i mean i'm sure she would probably grab him i'm sure he's invited no she's like what about dad she's like who whatever (laughs) like i'm ready to move on she's like please we've been counseling for so long i can't afford it anymore yeah she's like you mean that stupid fuck you called dad Bridget Bridget arrives to find Sam rejecting Ginger's sexual advances, and she now looks more wolf-like than ever. As he approaches Ginger, she breaks his arm. In despair, Bridget infects herself to appease Ginger as Sam pleads with her not to. As the sisters leave, Sam knocks Ginger out with a shovel. Bridget and Sam then take her back to the Fitzgerald house in his van and they prepare more of the cure for ginger this is the scene where ginger walks in full white wig oh she is rocking it she looks like she's just stepped off of the set of cats (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly i don't know this looks the prosthetics are great i'll say that yeah but it's a little star trek-ish to me oh yeah they look straight up like the vampires from buffy with that scrunchy face. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, which tracks, yeah. I mean, this is the same time, 2000. Um, yeah, so, this uh, is probably happening in the same universe as Buffy. Oh, probably. Like, Buffy would probably have to murder Ginger. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> she would. Oh, what a great crossover. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ginger snaps and Buffy. Um, I think, oh honestly, God, the, honestly, the werewolf effects are better in this movie than they are in Buffy. I don't know. It's kind of busted in Buffy, but... Uh, it's okay. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, it looks good here, but I don't think werewolf when I'm looking. Oh my at god! Her, when she's so. like, what? When she like walks and she like opens her shirt, and it's like that like scaly wolf body with like extra nipples. Oh my god! Ew! Ew! Yes. Yeah, it, it's like real cringy, but like in a good way. Like obviously, you're supposed to have a reaction to her, 
her appearance. And you know what? Her confidence is unfazed by this horrific transformation she's having. Oh, she's embracing she's it. She's like, I want you to fuck me, Sam. Ooh. Oh my god. Yeah, this went from a comedy to a horror to a romance. Yeah, to almost a porn. <laughs> yeah. Bridget has the bright idea. She's like, fine, I'll fucking do it. And so then she like, she infects herself to get Ginger out of there. She's willing to do whatever, including sacrifice Yes, herself. She also does know that the cure works. So she buys a plan, you know, she's like, I can do this for a little bit. But then this werewolf thing happens so fast that it starts to cloud her judgment as we mm-hmm. see like in the next section. Right, exactly. And they like, <laughs> but I do like this scene where they're like, they're finally leaving and then fucking Sam just smashes her in the face with a shovel <laughs> in front of all these people at a party. Like people are walking in and, and out. And no one notices. Nobody notices or comes to her rescue. She He just can fully like slam a girl in her face with a, with a shovel. And the party goes on. That just means he likes you. <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, and then we already talked about Miss Pamela and all her scrunchies being down-ass mamas. I like, know. I also like that she's trying to pretty much blame somebody else for Trina's murder because she takes those fingers in that party where and she rids of them super quick. She's like, I'm just going to throw these in here. Yeah, oh my God. Not well, taking her well, fingers to the party in the Tupperware. I know. She's like, you you fell for the old thing here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I know. At first, like, I didn't realize that she knew. Like, I thought, she, I was like, oh, wow, she's really stupid. But she's not stupid. Pam, she got, she knows what's up. She has more brains than I gave oh, her credit yeah. for. When the dad finds his fingers in the grass, he's like, look at that. She's like, she looks and she's like, this shit is real. But she turns to him and she's like, it's just the girls for yeah. their assignments. And then she goes and puts it in the refrigerator. I'm like, damn, yeah. this bitch is a regular yeah. serial killer. Her damn self, yeah. Miss Edgeen. And then she puts it on the barbecue and she puts them in a hot dog bun and eats them. God. Oh, Ew. oh my God. Finger food. <laughs> <laughs> if you came for clever jokes, I mean, you came to the right place. You came to the right place. The, uh, <laughs> the comedy hour here at Fear the Dog and Queers. <laughs> Ginger fully transforms into a werewolf on the way home and escapes the van. Afraid and unaware that she is transformed, Sam and Bridget hide in the pantry, and he makes the solution. As he goes to find Ginger, Ginger Wolf mutilates Sam. Bridget picks up the dropped syringe and follows the blood trail downstairs. She tries to drink Sam's blood in an attempt to calm Ginger Wolf, but chokes on it. Ginger Wolf senses Bridget's insincerity and kills Sam in front of her, then leaps at Bridget. As Ginger Wolf stalks Bridget through the basement, Bridget returns to the room where they grew, finding the knife that Ginger had been using to remove her tail. Bridget holds the cure in one hand and the knife in the other. Bridget is told to leave but refuses only to infuriate Ginger Wolf, resulting in Ginger Wolf lunging at Bridget, who stabs her with the knife instead of the cure. As the movie ends, Bridget lays her head upon Ginger Wolf, sobbing, listening until its breathing finally stops. The end. Wow, this is a dark ending. What a tragedy. Yeah. It's a tragedy straight out of a Shakespearean play. Yes, exactly. This is definitely based on one of his great works. So, um, what do you think of this full werewolf design now? Um, I mean, we kind of said it earlier. I mean, these, (laughs) they look like a mix of like rabbits and, and giant rats. 
and a little yeah. bit of a werewolf, and like a wolf, I guess. Um, a chupacabra. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, once she's transformed, I'm like, wow, and they're like different colors here. Like they're not like just your typical woodsy wolf. They're like, kind of light like, gray. She's white with white hair. Yeah, she's like a white wolf. But the one from earlier had dark hair. It was like brown. Mm, so yeah, I don't know who that was, but yeah, who, they clearly changed to like their own skin tone almost. That is interesting that they never address who the original Beast of Bailey Downs is. Yeah, it had to be somebody who used to be human. So maybe there's like a whole prequel in one of the sequels. A whole prequel in and one I, of the sequels. <laughs> did I say something wrong? No, 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 no. It was it was beautifully stated. Um, Thank you. Uh, no, yeah, I know. So there are two sequels to this movie, by the way, um, and both of which are actually pretty acclaimed. They, I think they are really consistent. So they do have a good Rotten Tomato score. Ginger snaps back. And also Ginger Snaps yeah. Um, Unleashed. Yeah. Also, they are g- going to come out with a fourth one, and it's called Ginger Bend and Snaps. <laughs> <laughs> you are so dumb. <laughs> that is not what it's called. It's called Ginger Bread Man. <laughs> okay, so there is this moment. So they're chasing Ginger around this fucking house. And honestly, Miss Bridget should be so glad she has that hair on her head because it broke her fall when she fell down that basement. <laughs> she landed right on her head, but that wig said, nope. Nope. I got you. Like, last night I watched it, and for some reason it was the first time while watching this movie that I didn't feel like this ending was a little over long. I feel like I used to kind of think that, that this kind of goes on for a while, like this whole chase through the house scene. You know, I like once Sam dies, which is very shocking and also very brutal. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was gonna live. Oh, honestly. right. And yeah, they sort of like play it like he's gonna live, he's gonna be this hero, he has this like gr- brilliant plan. And then the second he opens that door, he is fucking food for Ginger. And she just again plays with her food, mauls him without fully killing him, and leaves poor Bridget to like find him. And he's like breathing very harshly and it's like it almost gave me anxiety how he was breathing he's like <laughs> I was like oh my god that, I was like oh my god I was like that actor must have fucking like hyperventilated. hyperventilated my god he was committed to that moment I know I really think that a lot of this is because they just wanted to show off what that werewolf costume was capable of as far as movement sure but I mean I mean you might you know they probably blew most of their budget on it. I know, and the proportions of this wolf are so strange. It's a little silly looking. I do appreciate that it is practical, though. For sure. It makes it, you know, it's silly, but it, it can still be I know. creepy. Like, this is what our horror minds have been trained to accept. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we've come to a conclusion as a horror community that werewolf transformations are always going to be rough. You know, I mean, I think that some movies have done it well, like, you know, American Werewolf in London and like the Howling. Curse. Yeah. Yeah. Curse. The best one. Um, Van Helsing. (laughs) They never really reached the mark. I don't know. I think it's maybe just too fantastical to make something. I think the story of a werewolf is scarier than what it actually looks like. Like I said, you know, this it's low budget. It's a low budget Canadian film. And for that, I would say it's pretty decent. But, it, you know, it's not yeah. it's not mind-blowing, for sure. And then Miss <laughs> Bridget, she's over here trying to... Uh, I don't know who she's trying to convince with this performance where she's, like, lapping up the blood and she's trying and then she's, like, full-on vomits it out because 
It's gross. Is nasty. She, she's not that far into her transformation yet. <laughs> yeah. I, and then we get this like final moment where she grabs the knife. She has the knife in one hand and the cure in the other. Yeah. And she's upstairs and, you know, begging for her life. But as Ginger lunges at her, she stabs her and kills Miss Ginger. And she dies in her arms. And it's very poetic. Yeah. I kind of wish that she would have transformed back into human form for that final moment Ooh, but. yeah so we can get like a little emotional like conclusion to miss like catherine is about like maybe there was a cure like maybe i could have saved her but instead i killed her yeah it's true I, I do you so what is your conclusion on this do you think that she why do you think she stabbed her instead of using the cure do you think it was like fully an accident do you think that it was intentional maybe she was just trying to really just crawl out of her shadow and she was like you know what this bitch is so stubborn she's not gonna take this cure or she's gonna be pissed off at me for eternity for changing her back so yeah maybe i'm just gonna kill her yeah maybe it's <laughs> yeah maybe it's like there is no going back for her she's done she's seen too much she's screwed she's a murderer like that's just uh, too far into her transformation yeah exactly like maybe it just gets to a point where there's no coming back right it's a, her body's completely disfigured i did notice that when when jason gets stabbed he, he like he doesn't. He looks the same. He, his transformation hasn't gone backwards at all. So maybe it would. Maybe she wouldn't physically change back. Who knows? Maybe this is like Bridget's final gift to her. Or because she's now changing, is it a fight to be the alpha female? Ooh, that's a good point. I do like that idea. Mm. Hmm. I, I, again, I, it's been a while since I've seen the sequels. Um, so yeah. I don't really remember what happens. I've never seen the sequels. Oh, really? Well, they are all on Shutter. Oh, perfect. Well, perfect. I'm going to be signing up for my free subscription after <laughs> Shutter sponsors us. Sponsor us, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's an interesting thought. Like, is it to be the leader of the pack, or is it a mercy killing? I I kind of like think the idea may maybe for me my interpretation as the mercy killing one. I think that's kind of an interesting concept. Like saving, like like as if it's like her last gift to her sister is finally giving her the death that she so longed for yes. in the beginning, and you know saving her a life of actual imprisonment where she wouldn't be able to kill herself. <laughs> She's like, you thought it was bad trying to be a woman. Well, <laughs> yeah, try being a werewolf. Yeah, a werewoman. <laughs> 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 All right, and that brings us to our conclusion. These sisters. You know, they end the, their story ends tragically with one of them dead. Yes, as at least for this movie. Um, my final thoughts on this would be that I think it is a great metaphor for the teenage experience, especially for those of us who have periods. And um, I do see a lot of inspiration that other movies took from this. Yeah. And I know that fans of those movies probably don't even know that this movie exists. So this is definitely something that you could watch, like you said, with Carrie and or Jennifer's body and totally marketed as a double feature. Yeah. Um, because they're so similar. And, and this one, I think, is probably the, the best at putting that metaphor out there and giving the audience not just a simple viewing, but also like a nice storytelling moment yeah totally i think this one is like the metaphor is a little more obvious um i think it took me a while to really get a lot of the metaphors in jennifer's body not that they're like super deep or anything i just think that they're a little more hidden maybe you know yeah um but 
yeah, I definitely think this is it's like, like more up for interpretation. But sure. This like there's no interpreting like this. Is exactly. Is. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, my final thoughts are as I, I agree. I think this has to be probably the best modern teenage werewolf movie around, you know, yeah. one of uh, honestly one of the best. I mean, yes, it has its moments where it's, you know, kind of cheesy or it obviously uh, is, is victim to its low budget. But I mean, I honestly think the storytelling makes up for it. I think it makes up for like, you know, spotty practical effects. I think it's a good balance of humor, of horror. I think there are some genuinely scary moments in this. Like the more I watch it, the more I like it. Just getting to do this, I was like, oh, you know what? This movie is actually really solid. And um, I really... I know. I really fell in love with it this time around. I've, I've only seen it once, maybe when I was like 13 and I don't remember it, but watching it this time, I was like, this movie is really clever and it, it has some great moments of storytelling. Right. I really enjoyed it. Of course. So um, one, uh, an exciting thing is that uh, this movie is uh, potentially being turned into a TV series. Really? Yes. I didn't even know that. Yes. So the producer of the film um, is of the films, I guess, is working with uh, a new young writer to bring the story to TV. It's going to be made by the creators of Killing Eve, which is um, a really, oh, really popular yes. show with, you know, Sandra Oh and a, a, a girl named uh, Anna Samuyaba. She's like potentially writing the Ginger Snap TV series. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, which will be produced, I think, by, on maybe on the BBC. Um, so they're moving it from Canada to the UK. So, um, oh, wow. yeah, okay. really fun, right? Yeah. Hopefully it'll be on shutter. Or something. Yeah, probably. It'll probably end up on one of these platforms, but I'm really, uh, I'm really excited to see where they, how they bring this into, to 2020, whatever, you know, two, three, whenever it yeah. comes out. What's your final rating? I'm going to give this a four. Me too. I was going to give it a four. <gasps> Oh definitely, definitely a grower on me. Like, but I, I definitely really like it, and I'm excited to revisit it. Um, probably during Halloween time, I'll probably have it on in the background. Yes, uh, that is the conclusion of Ginger Snaps. Yes, love it. You know, we always like to plug our social media. So hey, please follow us on instagram at fear the talking queers um we have uh we mentioned this earlier we have our october voting so you 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 listener you listening right now can decide what we do for the month of october like what episodes we're gonna do i know we're already doing the exorcist for week one we know that yes so we already have one winner winner chicken dinner so you can be in charge um we have four categories so we had a possession movies which is Horror musicals. Ooh, horror musicals. And then, of course, um, a Halloween movie. Yes, spooky fun. Yeah, so please tune into our our Instagram um, every Monday. Every day there's something going (laughs) on. Yeah, honestly, it should be every day that you are. looking at our Instagram because we post a lot of stuff and it, it deserves your love. Yes. One thing I want to say also is please leave us an Apple podcast review. We haven't asked for one this season yet, but um, if you are fans of us, if you're a, you know, a secret listener who doesn't really chime in on our, our social media, like at least leave us an Apple podcast review. So more people can, uh, you know, have access to our show. Notice us. You notice yeah. us. 
you know, spread the good word. Yes, we're here, we're queer, and we want to spread fear. Yeah. <gasps> I just made that up. Oh my god, you are this is magic in the making, guys. Like you're hearing it happen right in front of you. <laughs> so, and join us next week when we jump on the plane and go from Canada to Japan Ooh, for the grudge. Oh my gosh, yes. So this next episode coming out is one where we're like, do you know what? We don't have enough Sarah Michelle. Yes. I can't wait. Me either. But until then. Sweet screams, bitch. Bye. <laughs>